Welcome to Rangers Blue Line, covering the blue shirts from the SNY studios. Here's your host, Brian Compton. Hello and welcome to Rangers Blue Line. Brian Compton and Adam Rodder here with you. We're going to speak with Dave Lozo in just a few minutes. I caught up with Dave after game four at the Garden on Tuesday night. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you? Doing great. Huge response by the Rangers, a 2-1 victory. Let's start with Henrik Lundqvist here. He was excellent. I thought mostly in the first period he made a couple of huge saves. I know everybody's raving about the way he played in the third. Uh, Weber shot got by him. Luckily, it hit the post. And the other pucks for me, I just thought the Rangers did a really good job of closing those lanes. A lot of those pucks didn't get to Hank. It was their best defensive game in God knows how long. You know, Henrik was great throughout. The defense was really limiting what Montreal was doing, how close they were getting, where their shots were coming from. Overall, you know, from Henrik on out, as a, def- as a defensive unit, they just, you know, where was this team for so long? Yeah, very frustrating. And they did it really over the second half of that third period, Adam. They did it with four defensemen, McDonough and Girardi and Stahl and Smith. Uh, and I have to wonder where this team would be without that acquisition of Brendan Smith because he's been fantastic for them since they got him. I can't believe he, he like he was like he got crushed like 17 times last night. I thought he got his wrist. I thought he got his wrist broken in front of the net, but he just kept coming out there. I mean, he's he's a warrior for this team. He's been great. I I need to talk about AV here for a minute. Obviously, they won the game, so I can't kill him. But some of the decisions that he's made over the course of the series, Adam, have been very perplexing to me. Nick Holden, let's start with him. He's on the ice in the last minute of game two when they're trying to protect a one-goal lead, and he does a horrible job. The Canadians tie it, and they win in overtime. Holden goes from that position of being in such a responsible slot to not playing at all in game three. What was your take on that? I thought it was the right move. I mean, especially – I thought it was the right move from a couple of point of views. One, you know, whether or not he stinks or not, you still had a a fresh Kevin Klein ready to go. It seemed like the Rangers needed to make some sort of change heading into game three after the way they lost game two. And Holden, you know, I don't know what happened to him if he's just, you know, played too many minutes or too many big minutes, but his game fell off and he deserved to sit. And then, you know, he deserved, I felt like he deserved to come back in for yesterday's game. But how do you go from being on the ice in the last minute to protecting a one-goal lead to being a healthy scratch? Well, Why was he on the ice at all is my question. Well, I can't, I don't remember the exact situation of, you know, how long they were on the ice before, but I'm guessing, uh, you know, it was probably just a mistake. I think at a certain point in time, A.V. probably wanted to get McDonough on the ice in that spot, but, you know, they just weren't there. And, and the other thing for me, I get why Glass came out. He's the logical choice to come out. But he had played really well. And Kreider, in particular, has been maddening. He's got to be driving A.V. crazy because he's just not noticeable out there at all. He's too big and too fast to not be noticed out there. Yeah, the, the Glass thing was really weird because of, you know, of all of the players who'd be like, I don't know if he should come out, it's Tanner Glass. But he was, you know, they're arguably their most consistent forward yep. through the first three games. So... It did feel kind of weird to see him out, but you're right. Kreider is just, you know, I I look at Kreider and JT Miller as two guys who just, I think Miller's probably playing through some stuff. He likes Smith just every time they show him on the bench, he's grimacing in some sort of pain. Uh, But, yeah, those two guys, they're just, you know, they're just not at the level where I think they need to be at. 
Kreider especially, he was the guy when we were previewing this series that I said had to be the Rangers' X factor. He had to be the guy using his speed, going to the net, you know, being a nuisance everywhere, kind of like Brendan Gallagher. But he really hasn't been doing much of that. Yeah, everybody essentially was better in Game 4, Kreider aside, because I still thought he was a ghost. But I thought Hayes was way better. I thought Miller was way better. And these are guys that are going to have to contribute if the Rangers are going to win this series. Especially, I, I think Kevin Hayes, uh, I think he was better. I think he still needs to be a lot better. I mean, they're, they're yeah. moving JT Miller all around to different lines. You know, I don't know if it's to spark stuff or to hide him. But, you know, Hayes, Hayes is always in a prominent position in the middle. And he, to me, you know, really, along with Zibanejad, both, you know, need to play a lot better as they move through these final two or three games of the series. Before we get to uh, to Nash, who was great again, scores another huge goal, obviously. Let's talk about Buchnevich for a minute. He comes in for glass. Thought he was okay with Sabinajad and Kreider. Didn't look out of place. Uh, and you have to think he's going to play again in game five on Thursday night. I thought he was good. I, th- You know, he's got this really interesting, he just snaps the puck. And yeah. it just gets to the goalie really quickly. And then, you know, you can create opportunities from there. You know, I, I think, I, th- I thought it was the right decision to not play him early in the series. And after, because I thought they needed glass, but after game three, I felt like they needed him and he should definitely play in, in game five, whatever game is coming up next. All they're, <laughs> they're all running together for me, but I, right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up making a difference because he has the skill and the ability that very few Rangers have, you know, like Zuccarello may be as talented or more skilled, but Buchnevich just does things. He does things really quickly that he can make something out of nothing, I think, and really help. And he can put pucks on net, which is huge because Zuccarello, he had that one play last night, Adam, where he had the puck 10 feet out in the slot and and decided to pass instead of shooting. You got to get pucks on net against Carey Price if you're going to be successful. Especially, well, you got to get pucks on net in general if you want to score goals. Right. And, you know, they, the Rangers have been trying, I think, especially in game three, you know, they seem like they're, every play seems like it just misses. Like they throw the puck to the net on a diagonal and the guy crashing then it just misses it and you know if that puck goes in it's a different thing but you can't just keep hoping that one out of every time you throw the puck diagonally at the net it's going to hit the guy's leg and go in you have to actually you know sustain offensive pressure and cycle and try and create offense that way before we get to Dave, let's talk about Rick Nash. It's time to stop the whole mantra that he can't perform in the playoffs. Seven goals now in his last 13 playoff games, Adam. Uh, and he's going to the net, which is what you have to do, again, against a guy like Price. Uh, but he's been their best player forward anyway, away from the puck as well. He's doing all the little things right. I thought he was their best forward last year in the playoffs, too, against Pittsburgh. And I think he's just kind of continued it. Like, he goals aside, you know, he went to the net. He That goal was waved off when I, I thought Carey Price embellished a little bit, but I understand why they waved it off. But, yeah, he's going to the net. That was an unbelievable goal he scored. He's doing everything. And, you know, it, I don't know. I think he's always wanted to do all of this for the Rangers in, in the playoffs, and I think at times he has. But, you know, he's finally now doing everything uh, in a way that he's scoring, producing offense, and playing well defensively. When we saw in the past, you know, he was just a rock-solid defensive player, but he couldn't find the back of the net for anything. 
Steve Aliquet tweeted that he thought Price embellished as well. Most Ranger fans did. For me, Adam, I mean, Rick Nash is like 230 pounds. His knee definitely made contact with Price. I mean, it's all irrelevant now, but his knee de- definitely made contact with Price's head. Oh, I, and I, I agree 100%. I just felt like Price maybe, I don't think he egregiously uh, embellished. I just felt like there might have been a little bit, you know, as you would expect a goalie to do in that kind of a situation. But as some other people were tweeting, uh, he got kneed in the head. Where was the concussion spotter? Yeah, that was a little bizarre. So uh, The trainer didn't even come out. It was very – he did get up very quickly and said, I'm okay. But they're going to call that every time. You know that. As they should. I'm right. just saying, you know, I think that, you know, if you're going to call embellishment – if you're not going to call embellishment, then, then the guy's going to get right up right away, uh, you know – Maybe there's a little something there. Maybe the trainer should come out. I sat down with my old friend Dave Lozo on the Chase Bridge at MSG after Game 4 on Tuesday night. Here's my interview with Dave Lozo. I'll do something a little bit different this week instead of having a caller call into the show. I'm sitting up here at the top of Madison Square Garden with my good friend Dave Lozo from Vice Sports and King Colin. And where else do you work? Uh, I work at Mr. D'Agostino. Yeah, his, his deli is a, is a great little place for me. Uh, do they call it hoagies there or is it sandwiches, subs, grind, grinders. grinders? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a really good place for food. Um, I'm at Lowe's Hardware on the weekends if you need a 2 by 4 <laughs> And, uh, Dave a, is a, a tool, so it kind of works out that way. Yeah, you're the hammer, I'm the nail on that joke. <laughs> it's a hardware joke, Brian, in case you don't uh, get yeah, it. Yeah, I got it. At the office at Lowe's, we joke about that all the time. And there's a movie theater, too, where I clean the floors. But, you know, besides that, I'm, I'm not really that busy. A uh, pretty big win for the Rangers. The, yeah. the idea that they would go up to Montreal down three games to one uh, wouldn't look very well. So, uh, yeah, pretty bad. big win. Rick Nash with a couple of goals. What do you think of Rick so far? Yeah, he hit the one. Well, a couple goals in the series. Oh, in the series. Yeah. Oh, like I've, I've been barely watching the series. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was at game three, but I was pretty drunk. <laughs> a little bit high, too. Um, yeah, like, they were way better. They, 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 were, they were so much more... Um, they, were such a, they were more attacking in this game. They yeah. Weren't, they weren't sitting back. They stopped playing. So the thing for them was... The thing that was really weird for them is the first two months of the year, they were scoring, like, four goals a game. They were just... Just burying teams. Every running, night. Running four lines. Yeah. Michael Grabner on the third line, Bushnevich on the fourth line. And they, they kind of started to get their oh, – I can't curse. They started to get their butts handed to them <laughs> towards the end of the season. It's a family show. It's a family show. Yeah. You know, we, we can say butt. <laughs> um, and then, like, they got away from that. They, they were, like they, – they got, like, manhandled by Columbus a little bit, and they got manhandled by the, the Canadians in the regular season. And they were like, you know what we need? Tanner Glass. Yeah. That's Amazing. The That's the answer to our problems is, is Tanner Glass, who's – just not really that good and they had some injuries to the blue line and stuff and they that caused some of their issues too but once they got everybody healthy they never went back to being that speed team and then after game three they were like maybe we should put the guy who's really good at hockey in the line this Buchnevich kid seems pretty good let's let's get Tanner Glass out of there and they just ran the Canadian show pretty much for most of the game and that to me was the difference like Lundqvist had to be good in the first period because there were two breakaways you had Tori Mitchell and Andrew Shaw if those go in, we're not talking right. about that. We're like, we gotta get Tanner Glass back in the lineup for Game yeah. Four. I mean, for Game Five, like that—that's the grit we need in the in the neutral zone. The Shaw but, save in particular was huge because fast yeah. forward like a minute later. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a big play. So it's gonna come down to who's better between Lundqvist and Price the rest of the way. There's no secret about that. And the Rangers are a better team when they have their four lines going, and you saw that tonight. I really wanted to scream about Elaine Vigneault had the Rangers lost this game because the way he coached the past two games before tonight. 
having the colon on the ice in the final minute of game two yeah. was perplexing to me. And then to go from yeah. being on the ice in the last minute trying to protect the one goal lead to not playing at all in game three was pretty weird for me. Well, Nick Holden, um, he's not good either. <laughs> he's also not really that good at the hockey thing. And he was bad tonight, too, in the first period. He was the reason why Andrew Shaw... I don't know how Andrew Shaw got past him on that because he had him it's right in front nice of him. pretty nice pass by Galchenyuk. Yeah, but like it, it was a pass where you know you, you could take the body there. He was yeah. in front of him. He could have just shouldered him off. He didn't do that. And then on the two-on-one for Tory Mitchell's goal, <laughs> look, I understand that's a tough situation. <laughs> your, your team's changing. You know, Radulov makes the great play in the neutral zone, so it's a two-on-one, and he moves the puck over, over to, to Shea Weber. At that point, you know, you have to keep skating. You have to not allow the pass back. And he just kind of, like, fell. Like, he, he basically did what you or I would have done in that situation. Very perplexing. It was very, very weird. But, again, the problem there is, see, with the with the Tanner Glass thing, you can put in Buchnevich. You're like, you got a really good skilled player. If you don't put in Nick Holden, you got to put in Kevin Klein. So <laughs> exactly. I understand the predicament Pick there. Pick your poison. So, so, yeah, like, at the end of the day, it's going to be Lundqvist because it's the same thing the last two years like Lundqvist just masks all the mistakes they make and he wasn't doing that as much this season and for four games this series he's been pretty much doing that so whether it's Holden or Klein it almost doesn't matter it's just a matter of whether or not Lundqvist makes one more save than Carey Price and the other thing with AV was he was, he was saying after game three how the only line that was any good was the fourth, fourth line, line and yeah. then Tanner Glass doesn't play tonight well <sighs> Right? It doesn't. There's no. There's not much of a merit system there. But like, it's also. It, it's. Is it was the fourth line so good that it was that noticeable, or was it just good compared to the other three lines that were right. playing so crappy? And and I, I think too is when you when you take out Tanner Glass, when you say to your you know your team, look, we're we're playing so badly. The guy that you love, because everybody loves the guy in the team like Tanner Glass. Oh, Tanner Glass, he goes out there and does the dirty work. When when you're playing so badly that you you the nine of you not the Tanner Glass Foss line you have caused him to come out maybe that lights a fire under him like Vigneault's been pretty good at that like all year long there's always times when you're just like why the hell is Dan Girardi in the lineup and then like he goes out there and scores a goal <laughs> right. from the blue line so maybe tonight was one of those things where like putting in Buchnevich didn't result in Buchnevich getting a goal but yeah the other three lines were fantastic yeah and even, and, yes, and somehow Jesper Foss found a way to score a goal without Tanner Glass on the ice maybe 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 that lines is pretty good either either way without Tanner Glass on I have to wonder though if this if this game was in like December does Tanner Glass stay in the lineup and does he scratch a guy like Kevin Hayes who has been bad yeah. he's been really really he was a ghost in game three a little bit more noticeable tonight but he's been a ghost for a good a good portion of the series that's just what he does though all season like he's 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 a stud sometimes he's maddening times. he's Kreider just, too Kreider I can't figure out yeah like, like there was a play in the last game in game three this is just the thing I noticed like it was a play where like Kreider like rockets out of his own zone he gets a pass along the left wing boards in the neutral zone and he's flying perfect pass right on his tape and he just fires it in from the red line and someone screams out carry it in <laughs> and I was like wait was that my brain saying that or because I was thinking the same thing was that the same guy who yelled shoot the puck yeah. during the anthem tonight I don't know if you guys caught that at home but <laughs> it's it, unbelievable it was, it was a silent like usually there's a part during the, the anthem where fans will yell out let's go Rangers and it gets all mumbled but this was like towards the end when everyone's sort of like respectfully loving America <laughs> and some guy with 30 seconds ago screams out shoot the puck at the woman singing the anthem she can't shoot the puck these guys are focused they're not here you like you're just yelling stuff but um yeah Kevin Hayes man Kevin Hayes probably I, I think a thing that might have inspired him was being so close to Alex Radulov on that goal he scored in game three where he watched him dangle with oh, one hand man. but Kevin Hayes has never been a strong defensive player Kevin Hayes is at his best when he's can't win face-offs can't yeah win face-offs but he's a he's a skilled guy but like if you put him in a situation where he has to defend it doesn't work out so much usually are these teams as evenly matched as everybody thinks they are 
I mean, clearly they are. I mean, like, I thought the, the the Canadians would win the series because they were evenly matched, but they were just a little bit better in every area. Maybe not forwards. Maybe now the forward edge can go to the Rangers because they're no longer playing Tanner Glass right. every, every every fourth shift. But <laughs> the, the Rangers back end, and again, the same thing happened tonight where the back end was leaky, Lundqvist was there. The, the Canadians... The, the one goal where the, that Jordy Ben shift, where he looked like he forgot to play hockey yeah. for like 30 seconds, and that resulted in the goal, that was an issue for them. But I just thought over a seven-game series that the Rangers would make more mistakes defensively than the Canadians would, and I think they have, but Lundqvist has just been... I don't, I don't know what the totals are for shots and saves and save percentage, but I would say Lundqvist has been better than Price in the series. Maybe he's not faced as many shots, but he faces so many more dangers. Like, like 40 seconds into this game... Brendan Gallagher yeah. has the puck behind the, the goal. The grade line. A chances are like 11 billion it's to a, it's one. A, it's crazy, and they're and they're just so easy to stop. And this was Rick Nash. Rick Nash got left in a spot where he had to kind of defend. And like Brendan Gallagher is coming out of the corner, he has the puck on his stick, and like Rick Nash is like he's like in front of the goal line, and he's he's like in the slot. He puts his stick down on the ice, and Brendan Gallagher is like, well, all right, I'm not going to pass it. I'm just going <laughs> to stuff it into your goalie's pads, and we're all going to fall on him. And like Vonquist has has weathered that mostly for four games, so. I, I still feel like at some point the Rangers are just going to get burned by giving up so many quality chances, but if Lundqvist is old, vintage Lundqvist, they can still win yeah, the series. For me, for are sure. they really going to win the series without going to power play goals? Power play is awful. Uh, it's so bad. Bruins won a cup without scoring a power play goal. <laughs> and, and obviously this Rangers team's just as good as that Bruins team. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Holden's yeah. every bit as good as Sedano Chara. I mean, Nick Holden's a real shutdown guy. Right. I mean, oh God, I... I the, I would love to, like, if, if I could come back in my next life, I want to be inside Nick Holden's brain when his stick broke on that slash. <laughs> like, just to, just, to, just to know what went through. Like, was it, like, the guy who plays third base in Major League when, the, when Jake Taylor bunts? He just goes, <laughs> oh, I can't curse. Sorry, you got to beat that out. Jay will bleep it up. <laughs> yeah, it's – but, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a seven-game series. You have a very good goaltender who can offset your defensive issues. So, they could win the series for sure. And if the Rangers do win this series, you have to think they're going all the way to the conference final, right? Oh, yeah. Whoever wins this series is going to the conference yeah. final. The Bruins, Ottawa, I have no no, no faith in either of them. So, yeah, the Bruins will probably go to the conference final. <laughs> <laughs> Before I say goodbye, do you want to mm-hmm. plug uh, any of your a million podcasts that you're doing? Um, I guess. You can listen to Puck Soup. It's a nerdist podcast. It's huge. Yeah, I've heard that, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just doing it for, I'm just doing it for, for myself. For the children, no? Eh, I mean, I don't know if some children should be listening or not. <laughs> the one with the puck money? That wasn't for the kids? <laughs> so here's the part now where I would reference all the things that you can't have children listen to, but you're a curse-free podcast, so I can't do that. Um, and I do the one with Down Goes Brown uh, that's called Biscuits, and I do a random other podcast, which has nothing to do with hockey, but I'll tell you what it is anyway. It's called Ask a Clean Person, and Jolie Kerr is a... Uh, she does stuff for Deadspin, and she's a super clean person, and as you know brian can look at me right now and, and, and no i'm not but it's it's a He's fun not. listen i actually gave dave a dollar bill before the game because i thought he was a homeless person outside msg so yeah, like i'm wearing the same one i want that I dollar three back. days ago i farted at these ones they were like 45 times tonight <laughs> from all the candy up here i'm a filthy human being so uh yeah Dude, listen to that or don't it's up to you good chat dave thanks hey. for hanging with me appreciate hey. it hey it's great to be here enjoy the rest of the series <laughs> thanks again to dave lozo follow him on twitter at dave lozo and if you're not listening already check out his puck soup podcast with greg wazinski it's hilarious week in and week out adam you and i talked about this in weeks past dave and i are also in agreement the rangers can get by the canadians here in this eastern conference first round they're getting past the senators or the bruins and going all the way to the conference final yeah to face you know the team everyone predicted who would be there the Toronto Maple Leafs of course yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah I I think it's it's weird I've been thinking about Ottawa a lot lately 
uh, about a potential second-round matchup. And I just I see how you know the Rangers struggled with how Montreal was playing defense, and Guy Boucher laughs at how Montreal plays defense and looks at you know his putting everyone in his his version of the trap, which is you know if you don't score a goal first. You, you might not ever get towards the net with that 1-3-1. One, one. So I think that I think Ottawa could give them a, uh, a bit of a run in a deep series. But I, overall, I, I agree with the sentiment that if they get past Montreal, or overall that the winner of this series is probably going to the conference finals. I'll tell you what. If the Maple Leafs score the first goal in game four, look out, right? If I, I, we've talked about this, I think, and I might have even said this before last year. But if the if the Maple Leafs somehow beat the Capitals in this series, which I don't think will happen, I think the Caps will win. Okay. If the Capitals do lose, you have to fold the franchise. You just <laughs> there's no other possible way you could go into next season with the Washington Capitals as constructed as they are. Like, what are you gonna do? Hey, gonna well, f- this is, this is it for the Caps. I mean, they're gonna lose a handful of guys to to unrestricted free agency this summer anyway. So if they don't pull it off this year, they're never gonna win. Just, this just, is it. Just fold the franchise, move to Seattle, do something <laughs> like, you know, at this point you'd have to tr- you'd have to just blow it all up. Like, what are you gonna fire Barry Trotz? It's not yeah. his fault. It's no, definitely what, not. whatever sort of weird hex is on this team. You know, eventually you're just going to have to, as I said, fold the franchise and start over completely. It's, it's crazy, man. We'll see how that series shakes out. Let's get back to the Rangers here. I find it very hard to believe, Adam, that the Rangers can win this series without scoring a power play goal. This power play has been awful, and it needs to it needs to change before this series is over. Because let's face it, we've seen how they won these games, getting traffic in front of the net, doing all those little things right. But this power play is so bad. And they have to get this right before the series is over. If I'm not mistaken, and I very well might be, I think they won like two series a couple years ago without scoring a power play goal. It might have and been... as, as Dave brought up during my interview with him, the Bruins won the cup a few years back basically without scoring a power play goal. But special teams is so big, I don't see how the I don't see how they can win this series without scoring a power play goal. It's going to be near impossible. I, I tend to agree, and mostly, I, I mean, I put the onus on the penalty killing more than the, the power play heading into the series. And I think that ultimately that if the Rangers can neutralize Montreal's power play, then I think it'd be, oh, it'd be great if they could score on the power play. But if they just, as long as they can keep the special teams battle even, I think they have a decent chance. It's, it's going to be a lot harder to win without scoring on the power play. It's hard enough to score on carry price as it is. Right. Uh, so it, they'd be well served to score on the power play, but I wouldn't say they couldn't win. I think that it would just become much, much harder. And it's not even like price is robbing them time after time after time on the power play. Adam. They're not even getting set up. They're not, they can't even get set up in the offensive zone. No, they, it's embarrassing how bad this power play is. And if they do, they, you know, feeds a Binajad, he shoots it way off the glass every single time. You know, there, there's something wrong and it's, I don't know. Look, they, they were able to win at home finally. So, you know, if we all really believe and cross our fingers, they might be able to score a power play goal at some point. Yeah, what have you thought of Zabinajad? He's another guy for me that just isn't doing enough out there. I thought he was better last night. I, you know, he's a weird guy because I, I can't imagine what it's like to come back from, like, the broken fibula. I mean, yeah. he came back two, three months ago, so maybe that's enough time. But overall, he was kind of invisible through the first part. 
I thought he was better last night, and he's someone who the Rangers, you know, he won some face-offs last night, which is important, but he's a guy who the Rangers acquired to be a big part of the team. You know, there's a lot of comparisons to Derek Broussard, and I don't necessarily think that those are the right way to go about it, but if there was one thing Derek Broussard did, he always produced in the playoffs, and the Rangers need Zabinijad to at least come up some part of the way to the way that Broussard produced. Yeah, definitely. Do you see Holden coming back out, or you think Holden stays in? That what I don't. I would love to know what Nick Holden was doing on that Tory Mitchell goal. I don't know if he was doing a snow angel or what, but it was almost like he got shot and just fell to the ice. It was baffling to me there. I think he was like, "Oh, this is a great view." <laughs> it was so. Why, why don't folks, they sell tickets around here? This is a great view. Seriously, guys, go back and watch that Tory Mitchell goal, and if you can tell me what the heck Nick Holden was doing on that play, I would love to know. I think he stays in because I don't know that you want to mess with what won the game, even though Nick Holden wasn't necessarily an enormous part of that. But, you know, when it's Nick Holden or Kevin Klein, you kind of pick your poison, and Nick Holden, I think, is a better skater, and I think the Rangers are always going to value that over Klein's potential toughness unless they throw the wild card in and bring in uh recently re-signed for two years Steve Camfer. <laughs> yeah they love Camfer. I don't know if he's gonna get in there but uh and you know I'll tell you what in game three Adam Klein wasted no time throwing a puck blindly into the slot in his own end of the ice it was like he didn't skip a beat no he was like I'm back <laughs> get used to it Vegas I hope you like this next year because I'm gonna be doing it for you Oh, my God. Uh, I've never seen somebody fall off a cliff the way Kevin Klein has. And, and look, I hope, he's, I hope he can take this summer and, you know, follow what Dan Girardi did. You know, Girardi didn't have a tremendous year, but he was miles better than he was last yeah. year. And so hopefully Klein can find uh, a way to be better next year. I just I don't think there's any situation where he's back with the Rangers. No, both, he can't be both for salary cap purposes and because of – his play yeah no doubt before we go uh this to me adam has the makings of going the distance i think this is going seven games i think the rangers are gonna find a way here as long as they can get their power play going uh they've they played really well at bell center the, the first two games i know it was a tough loss in game two uh but this is going the distance for me what do you think yeah I, it's hard i think it's probably going to go seven and i for whatever reason i think that the rangers are going to drop game five and then somehow some way win two in a row at Madison Square Garden something that hasn't happened in 38 years I think <laughs> uh but yeah I think it's probably going to go seven two it's just Price and Lundqvist eventually the Rangers are going to run into a, the great Price performance in one of these games and we've already seen how good Henrik is they're just so even it feels like it deserves to go seven do you worry Hank has a setback here? Because he has been really good, and he was up and down for most of the year. That's my one concern here moving forward, that he has a setback over these last three games. There isn't one player that I have more confidence in, okay. in how their their ability than Henrik, because he just as up He's and, dialed in for sure. As up and down as he was this season, and it was frustrating and enigmatic, but he's just been at another level in the playoffs and like the one thing I would worry about is not necessarily this series, but the, the toll, that intensity and that being that focused, that kind of toll that's got to pay off somewhere. And I wor worry that if they continue to move on, 
that's where it, they, it may, he may have a letdown later on in the playoffs. But for right now, I think he's just so dialed in that I, I don't even know that anything's going to get by him. We will be back at the conclusion of this Eastern Conference first round, Game 7. Should it go that far? And we both think it will. That will be Monday night in Montreal. So we'll be back probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of the series. Thanks again to Dave Lozal. We'll see you next week. This has been Rangers Blue Line, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.